You're listening to The Tradie Show. This is the podcast for trade business and contracting bosses like you who want to lead with confidence, make more profit and create a better lifestyle. We're your hosts, Andy and Angela Smith, husband and wife team and co-founders of Lifestyle Trading. Are you ready to have some fun? Hell yeah! Is the good old toolbox meeting dead? Or should toolbox meetings be a staple in every trade business? Well, welcome to this week's episode of The Tradie Show, where we'll be discussing the pros and cons of regular in-person toolbox talks. Yes. So, Andy, I know some listeners will be eye-rolling about toolbox meetings thinking, you know what, they're just a big fat waste of time with little or no value. And you know what? They're right. Toolbox meetings can be a drain on productivity. But on the flip side, toolbox meetings can drive productivity. Yeah, it's not surprising to me out there that there's a heap of trade businesses I know that do not have regular toolbox meetings with their staff. Hmm, interesting. Why do you think that is? Well, like you said, and you know, many trade business owners think that having these meetings take up so much valuable time that they could be better spent on the tools out there in the field earning money. But I know for a fact that having regular toolbox meetings made an absolutely huge difference with our team at Dr. Drip. Yeah, I agree. Those fortnightly catch-ups were absolute gold, weren't they? Often with a much-loved bacon and egg roll fry-up and that coffee to kickstart the day, right? Yeah, you know, these days it's more of a kickstart with some healthier options or maybe the young guys loving their avo on toast and green juice. (laughs) But back in my day, it was a dirty, disgusting bacon and egg (laughs) roll dripping with oil with a bit of barbie sauce on it and a nice crap coffee from Makona. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So you definitely love those regular catch-ups as a way to brainstorm new ideas with the team and keep everyone updated on important happenings in the business, I'd say. It definitely helped the tradies and the office team feel more connected and engaged. Exactly. You know, having these meetings was a chance to review the business as a whole, look at all of our systems, look at our WHS training and also a heap of sales training as well. But at the same time, the team bonding was on fire and there was nothing better for us on a Monday morning listening to the young roosters talking about their shenanigans on the weekend as well. A lot of fun. And really basically allowing the team to get together and talk shit. (laughs) (laughs) That last one Uh, sounds like super productive. Yeah, the more time you give them to shoot the breeze, the better. And don't forget the most important part, celebrating the recent birthdays or milestones with a cake. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love a good cake? Uh, So there were other core business topics that we covered too. So you mentioned WHS training, but, you know, the whole risk management, we did actually lots of updates about procedures. It is a chance to talk about any new marketing campaigns that you've got going on inside the business so that everyone is aware at the same time and how it affects them. We actually did lots of role-playing with regards to sales techniques with our guys so that they actually really caught on as to what it was we wanted them to do out in field. 
we spent a lot of time chatting through even customer feedback and, you know, sharing that with the team. And we did actually use this time to give them an opportunity to clean out their vehicles if they haven't already. Yeah, we all know that guys are meant to clean their vehicles themselves in their own time. But, you know, at Dr. Drip, we really made it when we had those meetings. It was a chance to, to get it all cleaned out. And we'd actually have someone going around the trucks and making sure all the tools and everything were in place and making everything was clean and tidy. So I know it sounds like a lot, right? But we always had an agenda. And from that point of view, we managed our time real effectively and the guys could come in, we could do what we needed to do, and then we'd get out and get on the road and make some moolah, baby. Yeah, that's true. The all-important agenda. You certainly don't want to take up time for time's sake and like literally waffling just about nothing. No, and what we also got the guys to do, because a lot of the times, you know, it goes in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. So we made them sign on glass. So we made them sign off on the form that they were there in attendance and all the meeting notes that we typed up in the office and we'd gone through in the meeting. And then we'd email that to the team via their tablets. So, you know, everyone out there's heard this where you say something to a guy and then they go, you've never told me that. Well, we had them sign on glass, emailed to them. And whenever we got that, we just send that email straight back and go, remember this toolbox meeting we did? We discussed all of this before. Yes. No excuses, right? About the fact that they heard the information and that they were all very well aware. So, Andy, you've always found toolbox meetings to be beneficial for Dr. Drip because you knew how to do it right, I suppose. I was reading some statistics lately and according to Microsoft's survey of 31,000 workers across the globe from earlier this year, it's apparently inefficient meetings that hurt productivity. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely spot on. And, you know, I know a lot of your trade business owners listening right now, you try and put some of this stuff in place and you do it for a day, you do it for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe even a month, but at some stage it's going to stop and you stop doing it because of whatever reason and your staff constantly see you starting to implement something but never, ever carrying on with it. Things like these toolbox meetings are set in stone and that's the way it should be because if you're running meetings that are long, they're poorly run, you don't have a clear directional purpose, they're more of a source of stress for the teams. They're like, well, what are we trying to get out of this? And it's definitely not good for your managers and morale overall for the whole team. Yeah, I agree. So let's get into the shoes of the trade business owners who are listening right now who are perhaps toolbox meeting cynics. Yes. Do they actually have a point about meetings in general being a drain? Yeah, in a way I do agree. I mean, the reality is you do lose money from having your team off the road and you've got to look into that, you know, but say you have five vehicles off the road for an hour and it takes them half an hour to um, get to their next job. Well, you're really losing around about seven and a half hours of billable time. Now, seven and a half hours of billable time at hundred bucks an hour or 200 bucks an hour, whatever it is, is a shitload of money, right? I would say though that that needs to actually be considered in your hourly rate calculator so that you're not losing money whilst you've got them with you. And that's why we actually locked in fortnightly meetings instead of doing it weekly, especially because our guys geographically were just so far away from kind of where our office was. But for some of you who are listening, even monthly meetings will unify your team and get everyone on the same page in a way that other types of communication truthfully just cannot match. Yeah, listen, tradies, don't put your head in the sand about this one. It is really important. And think of other businesses around the globe. Everyone has meetings in work hours. Everyone does. And as Anne said, these are some of the things that us tradies, we get so caught up with charging low hourly rates 
And we're not actually putting all this stuff in our hourly rate so we can run a successful trade business. We're at the race to the bottom and those guys that aren't charging enough, that's really hurting. And you would because if you're there right now and your business isn't making a lot of money and you're struggling, why are you going to let you guys have seven and a half hours off? You're not. But if your business is run like that, it is not set up the right way and there's a reason you're in a hell of a lot of pain. So toolbox meetings do cost the business, but when you weigh it up, I would say we would get tenfold. That's seven and a half hours, we'd get tenfold over the next up and coming weeks, months, years. It was so much better for that little bit of pain, having those seven and a half hours off, that little bit of pain, the reward was so much further along. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I can't imagine not connecting with your entire team in person to build that trust and loyalty. And in fact, science actually shows that in the right circumstances, meetings actually prompt creative thinking, problem solving, discussion and a great opportunity for new ideas about the business. You just need to cultivate that environment. Yeah, and if COVID showed us anything, it's the social connection that everyone was missing. You know, it was a social connection and that's the fundamental of being a human. So make sure you look after your team and give them that connection because that's what makes a team. Well, I'll add to that. It's actually a basic human need. This sense of connection actually sits on Maslow's hierarchy of needs as a human. So this theory of human motivation actually has been around since the 40s. So when it comes to a trade business, we are truthfully no different. There's simply no substitute for meeting face-to-face. And here comes detailed ends running (laughs) down the straight. Should I be shocked? No, not at all. Where the hell did you get that stuff from? Just pulled it out of the You know what, Andy? It's true. I do love the detail. It's what makes me tick. Definitely. Yes. But we digress. Let's get back to these toolbox meetings. Yes, yes. So the face-to-face thing is important. And yes, if you can get the team in one room, and I argue that this is absolutely preferable, but there is still a place for online face-to-face meetings like using Zoom. That's 100% true. And distance shouldn't be an excuse not to have a toolbox meeting with your team. You just need to be savvy with tech. And I'm sure like us, that you listeners were using Zoom a lot through COVID as well. I mean, that's something that we did very well with Dr. Drip. All of our toolbox meetings went through Zoom and it was a great way to still connect with everyone every day, have that personal connection. And I also think Well, not think. I know Zoom's share price went through the roof, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I heard that too, actually. So, Annie, what happens when a business owner decides that the investment in their regular toolbox meetings is not worth it? Let's go through some of the negatives. Yeah, straight up. When your team has no clarity, then there'll be a complete lack of direction, you know? And if you don't get together, when do you get to speak about the bigger picture of the business as a group? And your team needs to hear about the business long-term, what your long-term goals are, and then they need to see themselves in these growth plans as well. And if you can do that, it's huge. Yeah, I agree. In a well-planned meeting, this is where the magic happens through this connection. Because without this team connection, how can you expect the team to have each other's back? How can your team feel truly part of something if they just come to work, do what they're paid for and go home? You want to build real relationships, not 
just transactional ones. Yep. Toolbox meetings are the human connection point in all businesses that we all need. Yeah. And then there's a lack of opportunity to reflect or collaborate and grow as a business. So in the right environment, you can learn and have fun as a team. It's so true, right? And as the owner, it's your chance to make your team feel valued and find out what's really happening for your tradies out in the field and with the customers and where things can be changed or improved. Yeah, agreed. So Toolbox meetings provide great intel for you as a business owner. This intel is more likely to be discussed in an environment where information sharing and honest conversations are encouraged. There is so much power in starting a conversation or a discussion with a specific question and go quiet. Let them respond like freely. Just let them talk. You mean like drop a bomb and see the fallout happen in front of your (laughs) eyes. Yeah, kind (laughs) of like that. You've just got to give them a chance to, you know, answer your question honestly. Yeah, well, that's definitely been my experience. It's amazing what conversations like this can divulge and the things that can get resolved and the ideas that are generated, there's a huge buzz in the air. Yeah, I totally agree. And then you can turn these into actions. Exactly. So then it's a good idea to follow the group toolbox meetings with these one-on-one meetings so that you can tailor conversations if you need them. So Andy, why did you use one-on-one meetings specifically? Well, maybe you need to address someone individually about their attitude or actions or both. It's important to get their attention and the best way is to talk in detail about what has perhaps changed, you know, what the impact is on the business and what expectations you have for them within the business. Yeah, that's a really fair sentence. So if we know that regular toolbox meetings provide your team with clarity and better engagement and connection and the opportunity to reflect, collaborate and grow, then what are the six hot principles to really nail your toolbox meetings? Well, if you already run regular toolbox meetings, this is a chance to have a think about where you may be able to up your game. So if you're still not convinced, then listen up. Let's take you through all six. Okay, let's do that. So the first hot principle, number one, is to be consistent. Yeah, at Dr. Drip, we'd always meet fortnightly and it was always on a Monday morning at 7am. The barbecue was fired up and they were ready to go as soon as they walked into the warehouse. It was a good time to have a chat about what happened on the weekend and this bonding part was super important. And as I mentioned earlier... Jeez, you can hear a lot from the young crew coming through these days. <laughs> Especially when it's on a Monday, oh, right? Because they're talking about their own weekend. The good old days. Yeah, good old days. <laughs> anyway, so really, as we said, super important. And please don't underestimate this casual chat. Just don't let it eat into the meeting time. So that said, let's move on to hot principle number two, which is be prepared. A disorganized meeting is an absolute disaster, believe me. Agree, Ange, and your toolbox meeting should never be be a free-for-all. You know, you need the preparation. You've got to determine which topics you want to discuss. You need to ask your team if they'd like anything included in the meeting. And maybe you want to also bring in a supplier to talk about some new products or what's changed in the industry. And this needs to be arranged and time allocated for all. Yeah, fair enough. And decide who is conducting the discussion on each of these topics, because maybe you mix it up based
based on the subject. Maybe you have the leading hand that does the training, like the sales training. Maybe you have the office manager who's talking about the new marketing you've released and how perhaps it's even affecting the team. It's important to actually get the right people talking about the right things. So what is important that you want to come to a consensus on what needs to be said in each discussion topic and set boundaries on timeframe? Yeah. So in simple terms, know your purpose and be intentional, I'd say. So I guess the question needs to be asked, do they actually need to bring anything? And therefore, do you need to tell them beforehand? What we need to do is make sure everyone knows what's expected of them. And you've got to start the meeting on time, guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) You've always been a stickler for a prompt start time, Andy. Yeah, I definitely have. And it sets the expectation for every meeting that we do what we say we're going to do and that it's not wasting anyone's time. It's about being respectful for everyone's time because like I mentioned earlier, the reality is the toolbox meeting is costing the business owner money. You want them in and out as fast as possible. Yeah, fair call. Okay, so let's move on to hot principle number three, which is have an agenda and stick to it. Agreed. And we did talk about this earlier. The flow of a meeting should be the same every single time. Inefficiency is a drain on productivity. You've got to be tight on time. Yeah, look, overall, your toolbox meetings should not be any longer than an hour. And you know what? Preferably even shorter. Do what works for your trade business, but whatever it is, you just got to do it on repeat. And hot principle number four is a big one. This is not the place, I'll say it again, this is not the place to single out a team member and make it an example of them in front of their peers. It'll just make you look like a complete dick. (laughs) You know, making anyone look stupid is just dead set poor leadership in that environment. Tell us what you think, Andy. Oh, yeah, baby. So if you feel like you need to discuss something with a particular team member, then do this formally in this one-on-one environment, not in a toolbox meeting in front of everyone, okay? It's not the time or the place. Moving on to hot principle number five, use the toolbox meeting for individual praise. Nice one. So toolbox meetings are a great time to share the good news. So has a team member done something worth mentioning that could be tied into a lesson for others? So the idea here is to make that particular team member feel amazing in front of their peers. That's right. And perhaps you can even include monthly or quarterly or six monthly awards and any milestones or wins that are worth celebrating. This really does raise the level of energy within your team and build the momentum and morale. Yeah, I agree. So finally, let's have a look at hot principle number six, which is share the leading role. So if you have operational team leaders within your trade business, then you should actually consider letting them run that team meeting. Yeah, this is an important part of being a boss and that's bringing some of your team leaders up and helping them with their leadership skills because that will potentially help your business grow and also keep team retention. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Actually, data shows that 77% of workers actually want to upskill. Yeah, so I'd probably sit in every second toolbox meeting as a passive listener on purpose. It gave a chance for our leading hand to really step up and our office manager to really step up and it took a lot of pressure 
pressure off me as the business owner if I was away on holidays or not around, that the team felt comfortable in reaching out to the leading hand and also the office manager and getting any questions they have answered. Yeah, well, that's a typical thing, isn't it? As a business owner, that they like the idea of everyone coming to them, asking them questions, like they've created this monster. I say that respectfully. And then you get to a point that you're like, why does everybody call me all the time? Like, why aren't they calling other people? I've got a team of 17. Well, this is a great way to actually really implement and introduce these leading hands and office managers as people in this leadership team for you so that they understand that it's okay to actually ask for help from somebody else. It's a massive game changer. Well, this was for you. I agree. Yeah, I reckon. We were very strategic around it. And, you know, I wanted my team to step up and take more hands-on stuff. So it worked really well for us. Yeah, agreed. It's time for our question of the day with our Ask A&A segment. Yes, this is your chance to let us know what's going on in your world. Ask your burning question and hopefully we can solve a few issues for you. So today's question comes from Jimmy in New South Wales and he writes, I'm finding myself going out to lots and lots of quotes, but for some reason I'm hardly winning any of them and they're just not saying yes. What do I need to do to become better at this? Oh, unfortunately, this is not uncommon. And my first question back to you, Jimmy, is are you actually following up? I'm going to assume that this is a no because it's really common for tradies to not even make one phone call. It is absolutely crazy. And I think the first thing that needs to change is the mindset of the tradies and around following up. You know, I know a lot of guys don't follow up because they feel like they're being a pest. Yeah. But you know what? You spend so much time doing these quotes, so much time out of your day or night, it's in your God-given right to follow up and get an answer. Yeah, fair. So this is the business. We're here to solve people's problems with a service. Yes. So back yourself, follow up and ask for the sale. Now, depending on the transaction value of the job you've actually just quoted and you're following up will actually depend on how this happens. So if you're nervous, don't worry. We're just going to share with you a couple of scenarios that might actually help. Yeah, it does depend on the transaction of the job, really, and and that price. And just say you're doing under $10,000 or maybe even it's under $20,000, you know, you should be able to set these jobs, jobs up in a way that when you quote, you can actually ask for the sale on the spot. Yeah, totally. So if you don't actually have this set up using systems in your job management system, then you need to prioritize it because the best time to ask for the sale is when you've got that customer in that buying decision mode, which is when they're right in front of you. Yeah, you definitely got to seize that moment. They've called you out because you're the professional and they've also given up their time so they can gain education from you and they can make a buying decision. Mm -hmm. So let's help them do this and help them make this decision with you. Yeah, that's fair. So if that's your scenario, then focus on setting up your system so that you can actually do this on the spot to literally ask for the sale. However, if your transaction value is actually too high and perhaps intricate, meaning you have no choice but to walk away and do the quote back at the house, for instance, back at your office, then this is a completely different story. In this case, people go back to their office or their home and they send an email and wait. Mm. They're hoping and waiting. I just want to point out here, this is not a strategy and don't let this be you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, so true. Now, normally we send the quote via email, plus we also send a text message to say that we've sent the quote. Then after that, follow up within 24 hours because it's important that you check that it went to the correct person. I'm surprised at the number of times that when you've contacted that person, tradies have actually got the email incorrect, which is really dangerous. So did you send the quote in a timely manner? That bit's really important. Yeah, it is. And sometimes you don't get the job because you just took way too long and they've already chosen someone else. Yeah. Okay. So let's do a little role play, Andy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of role play are you talking about? So (laughs) let's say you've sent the quote in a timely manner. It's now 24 hours after and you give them a call and you say something like... Hi, Mrs. Jones. I sent the quote to you yesterday afternoon and I'm just making sure you got it. And I'm also calling to see if you had any questions. So now it's important to go silent and wait for their response because chances are they may say something like... Oh, no, sorry, Jenny. I didn't get that email. Where did you send it to? Ah, (laughs) this is your opportunity to check that the email went... by Ladies to Voice. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is your opportunity to check that the email went through because it's common for emails to go to the junk file these days. Then your touch point is asking, did you have any questions about it? This is also your chance to ask if they want to go ahead with the job. You're trying to close the sale at this point. And you do this by saying something like this. So, Mrs. Jones, I've got a spot open on Friday at 7am and I've also got a spot open next Monday at 10am. Which works best for you? Aha. Here, we're trying to get them to make a decision. What's important here is it's a yes or yes question, meaning we haven't actually asked them what day works best for you. We've literally given them two options and now they need to make a decision. And if they can't make the decision then and there, then it's important that we stay in contact and keep following up. Yes, you need to stay in contact with them forever until they tell you either... They're not going ahead with you because they've chosen someone else. And if that happens, why don't you find out a little bit more about who that was and why they've gone with someone else? Or they may say, no, they're not ready yet. And to call back in three months time, six months time, or whatever the time frame. But the quote is still active and you're chasing it up. That's right. And so therefore, you're actually scheduling another follow-up call later on. Put that in your job management system and make contact again when they've asked. As we mentioned before, hope is not a strategy. You know, stop sitting on your hands and waiting for work to come to you. I know we've had a boom couple of years. Things are changing. You don't want to live in this world of hope. Absolutely. What we need to do is get proactive. So analyze what you've been doing and make these necessary changes so that you keep following up properly. And I guarantee every one of you out there, this will make a big difference in your business. So circling back to the topic, Andy, I have to ask, in your opinion, are toolbox meetings a drain or do they actually drive productivity? Hands down, we were doing toolbox meetings for years and years. And the one thing it did was it drove productivity within the team. And we made it into a bit of a game. And we also had KPIs for all of our staff. And that really made it a lot of fun and exciting, especially the guys that were leading and everyone was chasing them down. 
Yeah, nothing like a good competition, right? Yeah. So inside Lifestyle Trading Membership, we've actually got meeting agenda templates and schedules. That way, no one has to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, if you'd like to know more about our Lifestyle Trading Membership, jump on a call with me and let's talk through what's going on in your business today. You know what? It's time to get cracking and work on the right things to start making good profit and getting your life back. Go to lifestyletrady.com.au and we can be having a chat very soon. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself, Andy. So that's all we've got time for today. We trust you got some great gold nuggets from this episode. We'll be back in your ears next week. Hell yeah! Subscribe to The Tradie Show wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Rate and write us a review. Or for more information about Lifestyle Tradie, head to lifestyletradie.com.au.